Three, two, one. All right. Got awfully quiet there leading up to it. So we are glad you are here. I hope you are glad to be at church this morning. I am glad. We hated missing last week, but uh, our family is much healthier now. So we are glad to be back with you, our church family. So would you stand with us as we worship our Savior this morning with Better Is One Day?
or sometimes they get up here and say uh, that while the singing this morning was strong, but on that first song, it was weak. I'm going to call you out. It was some weak singing. And Andrew has told me more than once, if they don't sing, they're stuck with me. And they, trust me, he said, you don't want that. So as we sing these songs as unto the Lord, we're not singing for each other. You don't want that. We, me and Chad, we talked about that in Bible Quest. You do not want, if, if our performance was based on worship, it would be terrible because we do not, we can't sing. That's not our thing, right? But we give as unto the Lord. We sing as unto the Lord. That changes everything. Changes absolutely everything. This morning, I wanted to have a special time frame. Explain a couple things, and then I'm going to have someone join me on, on stage here. First of all, I'd like to say that uh, for on behalf of the Ricky family, Doug and Randy Ricky yesterday, uh, we, uh, they had a memorial for their father right here, 
they gave a card to the church saying thank you so much for just the love and the hospitality. Our church uh, does so well with um, just coming alongside of each family member with the passing of a loved one. And the way that we're able to provide a meal for the family just means so much. And they, they couldn't thank this church enough for uh, celebrating their dad's life, but also for the work that, that we, this church has done. So they want uh, me to make sure to mention that and say thank you for loving on, on their family and their dad the way that we have for so long. <clears throat> About a year ago, a little bit more than a year now, a young lady came to me by the name of Anna Bailey. And uh, she had kind of just graduated high school. And uh, if you'll allow me to do this for a moment, um, she kind of came to me like this. Now, Anna, I'm going to, this is my impersonation of you. She kind of came to me like this a year ago. Pastor Scott, always smiling, by the way, always smiling. Pastor Scott, I've been thinking kind of about doing a ministry, a missions trip um, to, in Georgia. And uh, kind of just thinking about it and would like to know, what do you think? And, and, and can, I, can I present it before the church? And I said, Anna, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I said, tell me more about it. So we learned and, we, and I said, absolutely. And she was able to present that what, what the ministry opportunity that she had. And I'm not using the word ministry lightly here. This is a very... Um, weighty ministry that she was involved in. So that was about a year plus ago, and um, we were able to, and I don't even know what we did as a church, what you did individually is more what was the, 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 the thought here. She was able to go to Georgia. I'm not going to talk a lot about it. I'm going to ask her in a moment to come up here and share these things. And um, um, as the year moved on. I think I saw Anna in about the holidays, about, about the holidays. I think she came home. Remember in spring, she was kind of like this. But when I saw her at the holidays, her head was up. She's always smiling, always had that smile. And she was talking about the ministry she was involved with. There was a change that happened in this young lady's life. Then I saw her again about springtime, I think, and now she's beaming. Now she's talking. Now she's talking about it. And since she's been back, every time that I've been able to talk and communicate with Anna, the maturity in her and what God is doing in her life, is it's evident for people to see. You can't miss it. And um, we have been planning this for quite a while to come and share what that year of ministry for Anna was like or thereabouts. And again, I don't want to talk too much, um, but Anna, you will have noticed, maybe you didn't notice, but we're going to be playing it again. There was a video, it's about seven minutes long, we played prior to church starting, and we're going to show it after church. You may think, well, why, why not during? Two reasons. One, um, she's able to, it, it's seven minutes long, uh, but there's faces and names that really don't need to be shared on Facebook, so we want to protect that um, um, uh, privacy part of it. But um, she will be showing some pictures and talking through uh, that ministry. And the other part is this. She asked me, said, well, how, uh, how much time? How much time do I have? I said, I want you just to share your heart and share what God is doing. And she's like, I have a lot to say. I've never heard Anna have a lot to say ever. So her a lot and my a lot may be two different a lots. But Anna, I would ask if you would come on up here now. 
Thank you. Hold that for me. And right before I have her share, I'm going to step off to the side. She, um, to see young people step out, to move states away, it's, uh, it can be unnerving to be that age. And she, I didn't see any fear in her at all and the impact that she has made. And uh, she, she was asking, what if I go too long? You'll, you'll know because I'll start stepping up toward here. And then I'm going to hope, though, to ask a couple open-ended questions. So, Anna, do share from your heart and do not worry about time, honey. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. I'm Anna. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, going out of high school, um, graduating, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um, after high school. Um, but I had just been really involved with church and ministry opportunities and serving with the church and missions trips. And I think it just kind of set a fire in my, it literally set a fire in my soul um, to do missions and serve like that. And so I didn't want it to stop with high school. Um, so I prayed about it and into my senior year of high school, I looked into several opportunities and nothing really seemed like God was opening a door to. Um, nothing really lined up. And then a couple months before graduation, um, I truly God. Um, I found World Team. Um, world Team is an organization for missions. Um, basically, they're throughout the world, um, but specifically the Insight, which is International Network <laughs> Neighborhood. Um, they, that's what the N is. Um, they are throughout the U.S. There's one in Georgia, one in Chicago, one in um, Tennessee, one in Philadelphia one in Florida, they're pretty much everywhere, <laughs> um, but they're different mission sites, and in those mission sites, they work with refugees, um, mostly from Middle East, um, a lot of Muslims. Um, so I, I applied for this um, missions opportunity, and it was kind of a lengthy process to apply, and once I got invited or accepted, I was really excited, and that's when I got to speak um, here and share it with the church, and um, and I'm just so thankful for the partnership um, in that process. It was huge just seeing how God provided um, for me to be able to go for eight months. It was kind of a big thing to raise within three months of going. Um, so it was definitely God how that story is really cool too. Um, so once I moved to Georgia, my family went with me and helped me move in. And once I got there, um, immediately after I got there, the week after, we went back to Ohio with my team. Um, and so when I say team, um, that is the end team. So I was part of a program called Compass, and it was for young adults that had a desire for missions, and it was just to find your fit in missions, basically. Um, so they were going to train me in kind of like an internship type of process um, to be a part of the team and help them there with what they're doing in their mission. Um, so <laughs> like the week after, we went back to Ohio, and during this retreat, basically all over the U.S., um, different site insights of missionaries would come together and there was a conference. And during this conference, um, my teammates, my Compass teammates, the young adults, there was, two, there was three of us at the beginning, um, we all came together and watched the missionary children. That was um, a long week. <laughs> a lot of little kids and a lot of planning and preparation and flexibility um, that went with that. But it was really neat um, just getting to hear different stories of the missionaries. And I didn't really know what to expect going into it. I didn't really have like Muslim ministry on my heart, 
Um, but it's just so cool how God has shaped that after this trip and to today. Um, so yeah, that was the end retreat, and that was in Ohio. If you could go to the next slide, please. All right, training and mentorship. Um, yeah, so the week after we got back, so that retreat was a week long, and then once we got back to Savannah, Georgia, um, it immediately went into training. It was a long couple weeks of cultural training and just getting to know the team and how everything worked there and long mornings <laughs> of um, Bible classes and just really getting just pushed in all at once. <laughs> um, but it was a good a good couple weeks of just learning about um, Islam and just just really how to relate to the people there and the team that had been there for a few years already just pouring into us young adults um, of how they've done ministry so far there. Um, if you see in like the little corner, um, the lady next to me, she was my mentor throughout the whole eight months. Um, she was able to meet with me weekly. Um, she wasn't on our team, but she was very close with our mission and helped the woman that we serve um, very much before even her daughter's a missionary as well. Um, so she basically would meet with me throughout the eight months and she would just pour into me like it was a time where outside of the team I was able to get together and do Bible study with her and just just talk about my prayer requests and just things that she could be praying for me throughout the week. Um, and then the other slide is a picture of in our office building where we had our training every morning. So every morning throughout the week, um, except Saturday and Sundays, from 9 to 11, we would have training um, with missionaries um, virtually and sometimes in person. Um, they would go through different, like, classes. I have a list of classes, but I couldn't remember all of them. There's a lot. Um, we had, let's see, training courses. We had biblical studies in depth of Acts and Romans, John and Nehemiah. And when I say that, we would throughout the week have to read John, like the whole book within one week, every week. He would just have us keep reading John and we would do it in different translations and just like very in-depth studies of it. And it's so cool now because I go back and read it. I'm like, I never noticed that before. Like it's just each time I read it, I noticed more and more about just how it related to our ministry and how Jesus served and then how we can share it with the people here. And just we would learn something every time we read it. It got tedious of reading it over and over again. But, like, I saw the benefit and growth from that completely. Um, that, so that was really neat. Um, we did oral storying, um, evangelism studies, leadership development, systematic theology, worldview and world religion study, gospel foundations, discipleship. We did a course called When Helping Hurts. Um, spiritual warfare, which we had a lot, <laughs> we experienced a lot of that, um, and so just being able to do a course or training on that, and um, it was really in depth, and it just was really helpful because we were going into homes every day, and it, it was, it's dark, um, so being prepared in that way, and just with the Bible says about it, and just being able to shape our minds and hearts before we go into homes was really big, so I really enjoyed that course. Um, hermeneutics, um, and then mentorship was my other thing. So if you could go to the next slide, please. All right, food. <laughs> oh, man. You can ask my parents. Before I went, I was very picky. Um, I didn't really like spicy food things. I didn't really like Indian food, and that's a lot of what this stuff is. It's a lot of rice, a lot of, um, a lot of bread, non-bread, a lot of all sorts of things. I've had... <laughs> I've had a variety of things. I've had um, goat feet, goat liver. Um, yeah, sometimes I just don't want to ask what it is. Goat feet? Goat feet. 
Okay. And thankfully, I didn't know before I had it until afterwards. They're like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. We don't need to ask questions. We just eat. And so for, <laughs> for them, like, food is a big thing. Um, ministry, food was this heavy in ministry um, because to them, one of, one of the people, um, I won't mention names, but he told me that for them, they they live to eat, and we eat to live as Americans. Like, they shape everything around cooking. Um, they make, I, I think women, like, cook all day. <laughs> they just make meals all day. Um, and so, and we would eat on the ground. So when I would go into a home, we'd have to take our shoes off, and there would be these big mats, and the woman would come out and clean the mats, and they would put out several dishes, and then the kids and everybody would just come sit on the ground, and they would have all these dishes, and usually they didn't have your own plates, it was just all like the middle plates and no silverware or anything and they would just take the bread and scoop it up and and they'd have a whole method of throwing their heads back and eating it and it, it amazed me because I'm a messy eater and I was very messy with this process um and then tea um that was another big thing so we would come into homes and like if it was in the middle of the day and they were making a meal then they would always um their hospitality was huge they would always come out with a thing of tea and a lot of milk chai, which I'm not a fan of milk, but a lot of things I surrendered for this process of relationship building. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically that. I think that it was just really cool to see the hospitality, and I wish Americans were a little bit more like that culturally, just um, so inviting into their homes, and you'd think they would be a little bit not like that, and obviously there's a lot of trust coming in when the team's already been pouring into them and knowing them. But as Compass workers just getting there, they just were so thrilled to have us in homes and, and just inviting us and having hospitality like this was really cool. And I tried a lot of things. <laughs> I could go there too. Okay. All right. Um, so this is just a picture of in our home. So they would always have us into their homes usually. But on this day, we got to have um, my dear friend. I miss her so much. Um, she, I'm not going to say her name, I'll call her O, um, but she is an Afghani college student, and she wanted to show us how to cook a meal. And so we made biryani. Um, it was chicken and chickpeas and really spicy things and, <laughs> and bread. Um, but she showed us how to cook it, and I, I can't really make it now, but I, I was just having fun learning from her and watching her do that, and her English was really good, and um, she just has been a close friend, and so we had fun having her over, and then a little girl um, from the community as well. All right, these are the fun days. <laughs> um, Saturdays were always really exciting for our team, and specifically the Compass workers. Um, so the young adults, so there was three of us um, at the time, but then it went to two <laughs> of us. Um, but on Saturdays, it was kind of up to us, um, the interns, to put on like a Saturday play day in the village. And basically we would have, so in the community, there's like apartments all around and there's a big green space and we would bring out dolls and blankets and coloring and we would plan all week and pray about what to teach the children. So we started with Psalms 23 and um, usually the, the moms would just let their kids come out, run out from the backyards and just, just be everywhere. But um, Sometimes the moms would come too, and that was really exciting because um, they were getting to listen on the stories too. And we would teach um, Psalms 23 for, I think we started in October and ended around December on that. So every Saturday we would have play day in the village. And obviously in Georgia it was warmer, so <laughs> we didn't really have to worry about the weather being too cold or anything. Um, and it was just really cool. The kids just 
just coming every Saturday, and they would just get really excited about crafts that went with the message and, and just learning songs poetry. Like, And another cool thing is on Fridays, the women had like a big English class, and so they would come out to the English class, and they were learning songs poetry during English class. And so then throughout the week, the kids were talking about, well, we're learning that on Saturdays. And so it was just cool how that related to what the women were learning, too. Um, and they learned scripture with us as well. Um, and this is another special story. Um, so this is around Christmas time. And Heather, um, on my team, she's the one on the right in the middle picture. Um, she came to me and said, um, our friend, I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> um, our friend would like to present, um, so she, for Christmas, during the English class in front of all the women, we were going to have the, the Bible story read um, of Jesus' birth. And so she said, I would like her to translate it for the women in Pashto. So, ha like, some people knew English, but a lot of people didn't, and they were very basic learning English. So she really wanted this message to be proclaimed during Christmas. And um, so our friend has been in the community in, in the U.S. for at least five years. Um, she decided to translate it in Pashto. So the night before, Heather came to me and said, I would like you to go into her home and basically go over what I'm going to read with her beforehand to prepare her and give her practice for translating in Pashto. So basically, I was going to read in English, and she would translate and just practice with it. But that was just an opportunity. <laughs> so I got to go into her home, and we opened the Bible in her home. Um, and I brought along a Pashto Bible so she could do it in Pashto. And we read through it together, and it was just a really sweet time one-on-one -on -one with her. And um, she had done it for Heather before in the past, but she just was, like, talking about how now she's reading through it. It just, like, made a little more sense. And so um, as we were talking about it, they don't believe um, in Jesus. They believe in him as the prophet, but they don't believe um, that he's God's son and, and just the whole gospel story. They don't believe that part of it. Um, so it was cool, like, getting to read through that with her and talk to her, like, how much it means that he was born <laughs> around Christmas and, like, how much his, like, life means to us and, like, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And um, so going through that story with her, with her was just really cool because it was one-on-one. -on -one. And obviously she was cooking and then coming down and doing it with me, and then she would go back cooking, but, like, our conversations didn't stop. And so it was really cool how she just, I think, one-on-one -on -one with her and me being able to share, like, what it means behind the words um, too was really neat. And so then she got to do it in front of all the women um, on that Christmas. Okay, this picture, I think the one in the middle of the little boy is like my very first time going into a home. Um, so when I say going into homes, we would go into homes, my compass teammate and I would begin going to homes with the team because we're new and we, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but just going into with teammates was really good because we got to watch how they um, just talk to the women and just how they let things flow pretty much. Um, but then uh, we started being able to go in to at least, we tried to do three homes a day except for Saturday and Sundays. Um, so we would go into three homes a day, so usually two, um, but sometimes three. Just my team, my team compass, um, young adult friend and I. And we would go into homes and <laughs> this, so the one on the left and right um, of all the shoes, <laughs> we, we were just dropping off a piece of paper for helping her um, pass her citizenship test. 
and it was just a practice paper for her. And we only had a little bit of time after lunch before our next home, so we said, okay, we'll drop it off um, and do roll call. But if you know anything about Middle East um, and their culture, they are not time-oriented at all. Um, so we get there, and obviously before you go in to your home, you take off your shoes, and we get there, and there's all these shoes, and we're like, oh, no, it's not just one family in this little apartment. And um, we knock on the door, and she's like, you're coming to the party, aren't you? And we're like, ah, we're just dropping off this piece of paper. Um, but, of course, it's ministry, so we texted our team and said, well, we're staying for a party now. Um, and we went in, and um, it's not a very good picture, but we, there was all these women around a tiny little apartment room, and they're all sitting, and we just got to meet new faces um, that the team had never met that day. It was just my compass teammate and I. We were a little nervous. It was like, you know, is this okay? We're, we're just we're just filing out this paper, but, you know, now it's a party, and what are we doing? <laughs> um, but it was just really sweet how they just immediately just clung to us and were excited, and some of them didn't speak English, but some did, and some, obviously, the family we knew that was there um, just just was just so hospitable and obviously kind of knew that there was a party when she told us to come at that time, but <laughs> that's, that's ministry. Um, and it was just really cool getting to meet new faces that day and then connect them with the team and our mission. Um, again, with flexibility and being, <laughs> being ready for anything that comes your way, um, this is around January um, when a friend, uh, one of the women that I got really close to and we see almost every day at one point, um, but at least every other day I would go into her home and teach English. She came to me and was, she, well, she called me on the phone and said, I have to go to the hospital right now. I have to go to the hospital. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, and she, and it was like, I think eight o'clock maybe. Um, and I was at home and obviously cooking and doing homework and just getting ready for the next day. And, um, and I was like, okay, I'm going, she couldn't drive. So she needed to go to the ER. And so I took her I went and picked her up and took her to the ER, and we were there for <laughs> a very long time in the ER, um, just waiting, and the whole process of not knowing much English and having something wrong and not knowing how to talk to the doctors, and it was just a blessing that I was able to take her and be there with her, and her husband's a, a truck driver, so he hasn't been home, and she has two little kids, and it was just, it was a lot. Um, so, of course, I went immediately, and that was part of the flexibility. And um, while we were there, her son, her other son, obviously was getting fidgety and not sitting very well in the ER waiting room. And so my compass worker, Abby, which had just gotten there um, that January, she had, I think that was her first week there, and she hadn't met anybody. Um, and so my um, Emily, who is basically training us, and we live over with her, um, she's like, well, let me come pick up him, and we'll bring him to our house, and I don't know, play or something, and he'll go sleep. And so she came and picked him up, and basically, we're, we, I was at the hospital until maybe one or two in the morning, and, and he was just asleep on the couch, and it was just a cool experience for Abby, and they were sending me pictures and telling me how, like, just, just what a blessing it was to pour into him, and they didn't really know him, and so after this day, he started coming to our Saturdays in the village with the children, and it was just a sweet connection, too. Um, also with this woman, um, a really cool God story with her. So all of um, October and November, I hadn't met her, um, but during those months, we had been strategically put into homes, and like it was planned out, and the team knew who we were going to be seeing each week, and they were comfortable with starting us out with these families because of their relationship um, they had had with him. But with um, A, uh, I met her at English class, 
and I was, it was my first time in English class of all the women, and I kind of sat in the back, and the volunteers and helpers would sit in the back, and they would kind of just sit in among the women and help them with English and just be there for when the teacher asked questions or, you know, things they don't understand. And so I sat in the back my first week, and Miss Heather, the teacher, points at me and says, Anna, there's a space right in front, right next to her. She needs someone to sit next to her. I was like, okay. And so I go sit next to her, and immediately she looks over and asks my name, and she starts talking. She's like, can you come to my home? Can you teach me English? Can you can you do this and this? And I was like, oh, I just met you. <laughs> Let's listen to the class. And, um, and so then throughout the class, they were talking about a Bible verse. Um, so when they were teaching English, they would talk about the Bible verse and what the words meant in them. And one of the words was grace. And so um, Heather started singing Amazing Grace, which is out of nowhere. She started singing the song Amazing Grace. And obviously the women from the Middle East were just sitting there like, oh okay, what's going on? <laughs> and all of the women throughout the room started singing Amazing Grace, and myself included. And so she, A, looks over at me and says, who's Grace? <laughs> who's Amazing Grace? And I said, well, um, it's, Grace isn't exactly a person, but in this, what the, who they're talking about, he showed us Grace. And so I was able to talk to her about what Grace is, and that my middle name is Grace, and my name means full of Grace. And so it was just a whole story of just how Jesus, like, showed us grace, and it was something we don't deserve, and it was a gift, and, and obviously it's very unfamiliar to them and um, what they believe, and so it was a really cool story of just getting to share with her that, and it's just, I don't, I'll forever remember her looking like, who's grace? <laughs> and just getting to share with her that. Can, can we take a moment, this is a very special moment right here. What I keep hearing over and again is these special moments that God had put you in these positions, you could not put yourself in that position. You, you know what she was? Available. That's all it is. You, had, you were doing what um, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul said, I became all things to all men. In your case, you became all things to all, mainly women, doing things that you normally wouldn't do. You, just by handing off a you went there to drop a piece of paper off and look at what happened. Here's another one. Here's an empty seat right here. They bust out into a song of amazing grace. Listen to you. You were available is what made these things come to fruition. I want to put a spotlight on that because that's you and I. Sometimes we have to be in positions that we don't want to be in uncomfortable positions, times where we're too busy. I got a thousand other things to do. Well, you were stuck in Georgia, so you weren't going anywhere anyways. But you were found yourself in positions and doing things that you necessarily didn't want to do. But look what God did, even with your name. How cool is that? So I stepped up here, not only to cut the, the time frame. By the way, she's on picture number eight, and she has 17. She has bloomed. She went from that quiet child to bloomed into these things. I've asked her um, uh, when we were talking uh, over the phone, I said, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I don't want to catch you off guard. I, I never want to try to blindside people up here. But as you're talking, a couple more questions came to mind. So I'm going to ask them. And I, again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But what I do want to do is um, I think they're applicable to to what we want to learn today by way of joining together. Let me ask the first question first. Why'd you do it? Um, 
wanted to go, and I think I was just convicted by going to all the nations, and it was just really cool how, like, they're coming to us from closed countries and countries that missionaries can't go to, and so they're at our, <laughs> they're our neighbors. They're literally our neighbors, so I think that just knowing that and having a heart to go, um, I think I, I just, like, the Lord just convicted me, like, we have to go. That's the one question I said. I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, why do this? Was it worth it? I'm going to skip over that one because I already know your answer is yes. The question I w really want to ask, and you just said it just there. You said you have a desire to go. How do you, I don't want to say how do you get that desire? Where does that desire come from? What about the person that's sitting here today that's thinking, I can't do that. I'm not 18. I can't travel. How did you get that desire to serve? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think just his love to us. I mean, we, he tells us to go love people. It says love him and love others. Like just, I think that that's the biggest thing. Like I was convicted of that and I want to tell people about him, and it looks in all different ways. It looks like this, or it looks like just at work, and just pouring into somebody. I think it's just, it's a command, and we shouldn't just sit back and wait for other people to do it. Did you catch that? I love that. Regardless of your age, your circumstance, where you are, you have a, a ministry. So let me ask some more questions just about what we've seen. So one minute, you may be, uh, well, first, let me ask this. How many of the people, the refugees that are coming, how many of them, like ballpark, would you say are believers or at least professing Christian versus not? From these countries? Yeah, like the people you dealt with. How many were already Christian? How many were not? None. 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 What we you, heard sometimes the first Christians they meet. The first Christians that they would meet is Anna. What a great, great first impression. Amen. What you just did there, you mentioned spiritual warfare a moment ago. Let me tell you what you did there. And again, this is from Anna, who's always smiling. You just struck a match in the middle of darkness. In the middle of darkness where people are, and these are good, fun people, right? Not everyone was mad and angry and shaking their fist at God. They just simply need that message with the right spirit. Sounds like you were there delivering just that, doing things that you necessarily didn't want to do. Hey, I have a question for you. How special is the book of John to you now? <laughs> really special. It's special. I think each time I read it, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I You're, just keep learning and then, like, learning how to share it with them. That's another thing, like, that I've been taught. Like, I, here I would teach children just, like, directly, but with them it was more like, what does this mean to you? Like, what, asking the questions and getting to know, like, what, how they feel about this, because it's very different. And um, just reading through John made me think in that way and how Jesus was doing it. And he would ask questions. He would be like, well, he wouldn't just directly say, I mean, sometimes he would, but sometimes he would just be like, what do you think? Or like, you know, like yeah. let them think about it and come to an answer and discover the truth. Good. And so I think that's a big thing too. Jesus asked questions already knowing the answer. It was, the question was, was for them. The book of John, especially for you, I heard you say like, I've read this. We've done this. That's why they had you do it repetitively. So, because of how these things start to draw out a little bit more. You're going to remember the book of John. It's going to be, I have a feeling it's going to become your favorite. But um, um, 
when you, I, I talked about 1 Corinthians 9, when you make yourself available to the Lord, that means he's doing the bidding at this point. You can plan and prepare, but ultimately, is he our God or is he not? We go by his plan. So when you find yourself in these situations, I like that you didn't cower down or, or like you had no idea what each conversation was going to look like, correct? It could be anything from just a question about random life. And then like I walked into a home and she was like, does Jesus love Jack the Black people too? And so like it was just cool how it's just every, you don't know what to expect. Expect the unexpected, but be willing to just share what from your heart. <laughs> like in the Bible, of course, the Bible. But yeah. Culture is so interesting to me because we don't have a America. We don't have a lock on this church thing, this gospel thing. It's not ours. It's his. And to watch the people over here, sometimes we hold up the gospel and people run away. Sometimes you go in different countries, you hold up the gospel and they run to it. This was an interesting combination of both, wasn't it? Where they were coming here, they had to, out of necessity, and you're able to share with, they didn't have to listen, correct? I think like being able to meet their needs, we were able to do so much more. Of course, that's the way we got into homes, but once we got into homes, that was like an open door to just share with them. And of course, sometimes it was harder than others because of how closed they were or open, but just getting that opportunity to get our little foot in the door and be like, just sharing an English lesson and the word comes up and you're like, well, this is what this means to me. And, and then pointing to the gospel and Jesus. And All roads lead to the gospel. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. So. We are on about slide 10 of 17. So I'm going to encourage you afterward, two things. One is um, when we're done with service today, we're going to be showing that video again. Okay, it won't be on Facebook. Uh, but we're going to show that video again after service. And sp uh, spend time with Anna today. If you're able to keep asking questions, write them down. She'll be able to share more. And um, we will find a time and a space for you to share the other seven slides. Uh, absolutely. Um, what does the future look like for you? What's the next three months, six months, a year? Well, I'm back here. <laughs> um, that was eight months. Um, so I think now I just like, I went not really ha like knowing Muslims or like having really an eye for them, but now I just feel like God's just given me eyes for Muslims, but I don't think it stops there. I think that just being available and looking for opportunities to meet our neighbors um, where they are and just coming alongside them. And so I think that now I'm just looking for opportunities to do things with what I've learned, but um, in the workplace and just having my eyes for them now <laughs> and being, and everybody has a story. Just get to know people's mm, stories. That's good. Everybody has a story. You have a story. Everybody has a story. They love telling their story. Listen, keep being available. If you, he will direct your paths. If you're available to him, he will direct your paths. And I believe that God has used you in that last, in this last year in several ways to not only strike the, the match in the darkness, I think to encourage um, uh, and give a good representation. You are a good representation of what it is like to be in America, right? It's not as the media would always have it. And I would also say that... Um, you were a model for everybody listening, but especially Cross Point Baptist Church. That age, willing to step out and just go because you have that desire is um, very bold. 
very bold. Thank you for going and doing. I believe you made a difference in the kingdom of God in the last eight months to a year. Church, will you join me in a word of prayer as we pray for Anna? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this, this young, young lady who's matured before our eyes. She's matured into being who you want her to be and doing what you would have her to do. Thank you for Anna being a model for us, for me. A lot of wise words from Anna today. May we take it in the heart. We've also seen your word lived out in this life. Now, today's not the Anna show. Today's the Jesus show. Keep being the, at the forefront of her heart and mind. She's going to make mistakes. She's going to just live life. But Lord, be her God. Be your God. Be your Savior. Keep leading, guiding, and directing. Be patient. Have her to watch and learn. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our lives, into her life, for whatever you would have her to do, but more importantly, who you would have her to be. Thank you for her stepping out. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. That was tricky for me. I, I, I wanted to hear more. I, I, kept, I, kept, I kept wanting to hear more. And uh, there are certain things that happened in her life that will, she'll never forget. There's faces. There's names. There's just things you will never forget. And it is knowing that Anna was going to be up here this morning. I wanted to emphasize this. For our church, Cross Point Baptist Church, this year has, especially this summer, it's been an example to us of young believers that are serving all over the place through our church. Summer's a great time for junior high, elementary, but junior high and high school students to be serving. Why? They don't have school. Sometimes you have summer jobs, but um, ultimately they uh, have the time. And I would also add this, and then you're going to laugh when I say it, they have the energy. They have the energy. And I want to be very careful this morning. My goal is not to go look at these young people. Go, let's cheer them on. That is not the goal. Do that. We need to do that and provide opportunities. But the church as a whole, we're intergenerational on purpose. We all have a ministry as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's kind of weak because you know I'm going to beat you up here and say, let's get to it. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 is the text I want us to look at today. We have watched people of our church serve all over the place uh, this summer. Vacation Bible schools, day camps, camps, musically, Bible quest, and just a simple willingness. A willingness, a willingness to serve. I could start going through, and I was thinking about this earlier this morning, and I'm thinking of different names of people I've seen throughout the summer, and I always get reluctant to do that because then you, you know, then I forget one or I leave somebody out and, and all these things. But I love it. I love when the Lord takes a believer 
and uses even their personality. Amen? We're not all the same personality. That's okay. That is okay. But to watch a young guy like, just like Miles, if you had seen him during vacation Bible school, I mean, he was the rock star. He was going to get everybody, mainly the boys, fired up. You know, I don't want him to cut his hair. I like when it flops around like that, like a dirty skunk up there, flopping around. Miles just brings energy to a room, and his heart is given over. By the way, I I picked up, uh, Ben asked me, he said, hey, you're going to camp uh, on Wednesday. Can, Can I ride with you? No, Tuesday. I said, yeah, okay. He texts me, hey, can Miles go too? Okay, Miles and Ben, okay, you're pushing my, I'm old now. I can't handle it. It's too loud, too much. And then, oh, yeah, and can Will come? Oh, Will's quiet as a church mouse. Yeah, I want Will. Will's in the front seat. By the way, we stopped for lunch. I said I'd buy him Chick-fil-A, and Will goes, I got you, because he works at Chick-fil-A. That's where Will works. He says, I get a discount. I said, we're definitely going to Chick-fil-A. We get there, guess what he does? I forgot my discount card. (laughs) Typical, typical. These guys, uh, this is a by story here. I want to get to the text. We're, we're driving up there, and I forgot how loud teenagers can be. I forgot about that. Uh, I usually think kids. But, uh, but Miles in the backseat. He's going 100 miles an hour. They're, but then all of a sudden their conversation just turned to this spiritual conversation between Wayne and Ben and, and Will, uh, Ben and, and, and Miles. And I'm the pastor, so I'm like wanting to... Ha- and I think the Holy Spirit just took my lips and went like that and said, just shut up, Scott. Just listen. Just listen. Let these guys talk. Just about church, just about our Savior. These are teenagers talk, having this conversation. And when they got to camp, it was so cool to watch that our kids, our, our, our elementary kids, because these are high, junior high and high schoolers now, so they're the big dogs on the block. Man, they gravitated to these three. They didn't run to me, they ran to them. And to watch that servitude, the willingness to serve. I'm going to take a, a, another brief moment and talk about a willingness to serve. Andrew Bovey, it's been very quietly done, but for quite a while now. On Wednesday nights, he's been going up to the Hispanic church in Hamilton. Um you need to hear that story. We don't know where it's going. In fact, I had him double dip today. He taught in Faithful Life this morning, and then he's right now in Bible Quest. He wants to serve. see the willingness we're talking about. What's that got to do with me? What's that, what does that have to do with you? Again, I don't want you to merely be a cheerleader today. I want you to listen to what the Scripture says to the believer, to the believer now, about servitude. Are you ready? I'm going to throw a lot of scripture. Don't worry about writing them down. I'm going to quote them, and then we're going to land at 1 Peter. Now you're getting nervous because you're like, he said a lot of scripture, and it's already 1120. Well, how is this going to end? Watch how it ends. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 through 11 says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's Uh, varied grace or manifold graces of God. Whoever speaks as one who speaks to oracles of God, whoever serves, there's that word serve, say serve. Serve. As one who serves, say serve. Serve. 
by the strength of God that supplies and order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. You were called to freedom, brothers. Not only use your freedom as an opportunity, but through love serve. Say serve. Serve one another. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Say serve. See where I'm going with this? Have you caught on yet? And to give his life a ransom for many. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Say serve. serve. Wednesday night, we had our national night out. Cops night out. We were at Batavia Township Park, the Hummer Park. We call it the Hummer Park. And uh, we're doing our thing. You know, uh, we've, this is our third year in a row, I think, we've done it. And I describe it like this. Um, at Cross Point, when we do things, sometimes we do it with a splash. Like, some people throw a party, but we are the party. And that's what it was like the first time we were there. It was like, man, these people are... They're loud. They're taking over. There's balloons. There's popcorn. There's face painting. There, we had a lot going on. I could tell the first year, the other booths are kind of like, who, who invited them? It's like the Clampets moved in or something. Who invited them? And the reality was, we were just making, we wanted to, we, we had two goals. So if other things happen, that's a bonus. One, our church name. People don't know who we are or where we're at. Just getting our church name recognition. Number two, is honor the name of our God. Honor his name. We want his name to be lifted up. So that was our two goals. So we, man, as people was coming, and it, it's, it's kind of over the last couple years, it's taken on its own kind of, everybody knows what to do. I love it. In fact, everybody knew what to do so well that Nick Bailey was able to go play volleyball for two hours while everybody else was tying balloons. I saw that, just saying. But guess what? When he was playing all, how many people was over there? They just gravitated to a dude playing volleyball. Pretty cool. But this time, this year, as I looked up, I, I purposely just wanted to focus in on greeting people, greeting people. I, here's where I made a mistake in the past. I want to talk to every person. I want to hear their story. I want to know about them. I want to talk about their life. There's not time for that. We gave out 500 cross point cups full of popcorn. 500 probably about three to four hundred bags with our name on it with everything that we're doing throughout the year very colorful literature and a gospel track what i'm getting at is wednesday night everybody served you jumped in you can it's a thankless job it's a thankless job. i mean if you were looking for a reason not to serve on wednesday night you could have found one it was 100 degrees threat of rain and we were in the sun I mean, there's no shade there. The one little, actually our tent's the coolest tent there, the big tent that we have. Uh, it was the only shade you really had, and we're in this circle where the sun's like, boom. It's like you're living in Florida all the time. Now, I don't mean Florida in the winter, but I mean Florida in the summer. I wouldn't take Florida for, no that's another issue. <laughs> but if you're looking for a reason not to serve, you could have found one. There were so many people there Wednesday night. We were able to take turns and face painting. It was so hot as they're painting, the, painting these kids' face, it's already melting, right? And their kids are getting mad. It's already melting. We, we can't paint it on with biofreeze. Work with this kid. But we had all these things. People were serving all over the place. 
in the littlest ways. Did you catch it? It's nothing. It's not preaching. It's, it's serving. Anna said it. It's, it's meeting needs. It's, it's meeting them where they are. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10. If you pour yourself out for, for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom shall be as noonsday. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone will be first, must be last of all and servant. Say serve. Serve, serve all. Not just the people you, you want to, but serve all. Romans chapter 12, verse 11, do not be slothful in, slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Say serve. serve. There's that word. We talked about desire and being fervent, being fervent. By the way, that word fervent in the, in the Greek, we're going to look at it in, in 1 Peter, it means stretch to the max. Stretch to the max. And I have two pages worth of scripture about serving. 1 Peter chapter 4 is where I want us to look here for the next few moments. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 picks up. Now again, to help set this up, Peter's writing to believers. And verse 7, um, the, prior to this, he had talked about Christ's suffering and ours. And now he's talking about serving for God's glory. That's the, that's the context. Serving for God's glory. How do you, it sounds romantic when you phrase it that way. We're serving and God's going to get the glory. Serving means you sweat. It means it's uncomfortable at times. It means uh, this isn't the American dream. Serving the Lord is not the American dream, by the way. It's, it's two different things. But he picks up in verse 7, does Peter through the Holy Spirit and says, But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Verse 7 is interesting because when it says the end, it's not referring to a chronological time frame. He's referring to the second coming of Christ. When something comes to completion, um, uh, expect and live your life because of his coming. Expect and live your life because of his coming. It's not a fearful thing. It's not, a, it's not an ending here and starting here. It's, we're continuing on living this life in him. But the end of all things is at hand. Why, something else is coming. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That word serious means purposeful. Purposeful and watchful. It does not mean to sit and watch what happens. Listen. Can I tell you something? I think the American church has become real good at, at being um, uh, armchair Christians that have a better way of doing it. Well, there's an old saying I learned from a, a guy once. He goes, I like my way of doing it wrong better than your way of not doing it at all. Ouch. We can't sit back and watch and see what happens when we're commanded to serve. We're commanded to do. But live in light of Christ's coming. And by the way, at his coming, we will be giving an account. So there's another, you know, it's not the direct context to the, context to the word serious, but there is a seriousness to what we do. We will give an account for our lives before him. No, that's for the, that's for the unbeliever. That's for the heathen. That's for the pagan. That's for the Christian. At the beam of seat of Christ after the rapture, we will stand before him 
on ministry, things that we've done, how and why. Well, verse 8 picks up. And it always says, and watchful where? In your prayers at the end of verse 7. In your prayers. Now, when we think about prayer, so many times we think of form and function. It's communicating with God. It's, it's when you're out for a walk, you can communicate with God. It's when you're at work. It's when you're driving. You can communicate with God. In fact, I'm going to tell you this. I really don't like doing this because it puts a spotlight on individuals. But we were driving up, Ben, Miles, and Will. Something came up, and we talked about praying for that. I shared something with them. They said, I said, you guys, you guys are prayers. I want you to pray for that. One of them said, how about we just pray right now? I'm driving up 75, and they said, Pastor Scott, you join us in prayer, but you don't have to close your eyes. <laughs> it's three teenagers that said, hey, Pastor, how about we pray for that now? Amen. Wasn't that my job? <laughs> Wasn't I was supposed to be one saying that? They said, let's pray for that right now and in real time. Verse 8 picks up and says, and above all things, uh, have, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Above all things else, have love, fervent love, stretched to the max kind of love. <clears throat> um, we don't need to keep going on on the, how far we need to love and what that looks like. In fact, the Bible tells us in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 that Christ loved the church. Every example we see of love is a sacrificial giving love from God to us. That's how we are to love. That's to the max, sacrificially. But verse 8 kind of picks up in the middle back part of that verse. It says, love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So what are we talking about here? He's actually... Quoting uh, Proverbs 10, 12, it doesn't mean, um, uh, it, it does not mean ignore all sin. Let love cover that. Let love cover that. Over, it's talking about overlooking personal sin towards you, if possible, and being ready to forgive. So if someone were to sin you in a, in a, in a big, egregious way, yes, we have to confront that. But sometimes the little things, let love cover it. You know, parents, if you have a little rule in your house, a little rule, my illustration is always the toothpaste. If you have a rule that the toothpaste has to, you got to put the lid back on, you got to squeeze from the end, not the middle, like most normal people do. You squeeze toothpaste from the end. Who squeezes from the middle? Oh, sinners, you're wrong. You squeeze from the end. You squeeze from the end. It, you get more that way. The cap has to be back on. It has to be put up. You know, sometimes mom and dad, if they, if they leave the toothpaste out or squeeze in the middle, it's going to be okay. Don't, don't love covers a multitude. But I told them, they're disobeying. This is, we bust out the Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, right? We bust out. But I told them to squeeze fear and put the cap back on. How about let love cover that one? It's going to be all right. Verse, that was verse 8. Verse 9 says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Ooh, that's a tough one, that last word, grumbling. Love of strangers, verse 9. 
Listen, I'm trying to get to verse 10 quickly, and here it is. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Each person, each believer, I should say, has received, not earned, but received, a big difference there, a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit. We see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We see it in Romans 12. Um, we see, well, that's it, mainly, those two. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, we see spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has endowed, given to, that you are responsible with to the believer. You've been given a spiritual gift. You didn't earn it, by the way. That's key. You did not earn it. Some people are still going, well, what is my spiritual gift? Or I don't think I even have one. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has endowed you with a spiritual gift to the believer. You got one. You either need to maybe dust it off, discover it, or start using it. Hone it out. Hone that skill. Work on these things. How are we to use these spiritual gifts? Look in the middle of verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to who? To one another. To one another. A lot of times we get a gift. What do we do with it? We, it's a my gift. We hoard our gifts. I like my gifts. People have given me gifts. I'm like, ooh, man, I cherish it. I put it away. That's for safekeeping. Um, uh, certain things that are my favorite, I don't use because I want to, they're mine. I want, they mean something to me. This spiritual gifts that we are given, we are to be used like a muscle. Use a muscle. You know what happens to a muscle if you don't use it? You lose it. Time will, look in the mirror, time will tell you that. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Spiritual gifts are to be used to one another. To one another. I love what's happened this summer in our church. Something, God has done something very special. He's moving. And I just decided we got to move. We, we, we got we to be a part of. We can't sit around and watch and wait. I didn't know God was going to use the youth of our church to do a spiritual splash within our body. But I sure am excited about it. We're talking about people that were worse than wayward. They were lost. We're talking about boys and girls and teenagers that were worse than just bad kids or, or uncertain about life or try to find their identity. We're talking about young ones that did not know the Lord. The Bible goes even harsher than that. If, you, if you're not given over to the Lord by faith, your father, by faith, then you, by default, you only have one other father, spiritually speaking. You have your father, the devil, John. To watch, you would think, well, Pastor, you just called my kid a devil. The Bible makes this clear. We need to be sharing, to be loving, to be serving one another for the sake of each other, for his glory, for the souls that are in the balance. Be responsible with the gifts with which you've been given. The manifold grace of God. God 
has a perfect plan. Amen? He has a perfect plan. The last verse I want us to look at is verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the ability with which God, God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 11 talks of the speaking gifts, but also the serving gifts. Okay? The oracles of God always refer to the word of God. Serving gifts with the ability that God has supplied. Remember this too. If you're waiting for a call, don't forget you got a whole bunch of commands. Just do. Why are you waiting for a call when you have commands? Just do. God may be glorified. This is the aim, the purpose, and the goal of everything of the church, more specifically, Cross Point Baptist Church. Everything we say and do, we want it to be right there. The goal for me today was to not to get you to do more. That's not, that is not the goal. That would be a program. Well, we don't need programs. The goal today was to stir within you the works, to stir within you the gift that the Holy Spirit's given, to stir within you from the Word of God to start ministering. You may think, but I'm so limited on what I can do. Can you pray? Can you faithfully, consistently before God Take these young people before prayer. Take each other before prayer. The answer is yes, you have the ability to do that. There's a command. Tom Burdett and I was just talking about this last night. How many, how many times prayer is mentioned in Scripture? Like, it's a bunch. Can you be encouraging? Can you encourage? Can you give? There's all kinds of ways that we can give, that we need to keep at the forefront. That was my aim today, to stir in our hearts the work that God has already started. Now it's time, perhaps, to move, to move. Hey, listen, school is going to be starting here in a couple weeks, definitely in September. We'll have a WANA will be fired up, our Wednesday nights, and we're not going to be doing these big events. We're not going to be doing vacation Bible school and day camp and all these extra things. But when we do ministry, everybody be ready to serve in some way, shape, or fashion for the sake of each other, but also for the sake of the world. We can strike that match, just like Anna did, right here in Eastgate, Claremont County. Let's make a difference. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? Right before we have prayer, I'm just... I'm grateful that you're here and attentive and that God is, is, is glorified, but we're not going to have a time of, of an invitation, a time where we play music and people come forward. Time is spent for that, but we do want to, for today, but we do want to let you know that you always have the availability to come to one of us, uh, one of the leaders of our church, and prayer is never, it never stops. We're to pray without ceasing. Don't put a limit on that. Dear God, bless our time together. May the reading of your word, the, the, the word that has been lived out before us today, through Andrew and, um, and through Anna, the word that's been taught by Tom Burdett, been taught by Andrew and by Andrew Ridings and by, by Brad, 
You need Chad Trago stepping in today. Let that word find its way to hearts, but let the love be the motivating factor of why we do what we do. We want to be well-pleasing to you in absolutely all things. If you're moving in our heart, I pray that we would be courageous enough to act. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to dismiss us now, and I would remind you that we're going to be showing that video, Anna's video. It's about seven minutes long. You're welcome to watch that. Make sure, Anna, if you would, uh, make yourself accessible uh, in case people want to encourage you. How can they pray for you? And, and maybe ask any question that they may have as well, all right? Um, church, we will be on Facebook Live tonight at 7 o'clock from, uh, from a mystery location. I know, a mystery location. Church, you are dismissed.